hello there. Thank you for joining us again on The Basic and The Brain. For those of you who may have missed us the last few weeks, we're Alina and Maddie, aka The Basic and The Brain, and we're here to bring Botox and Bravo to the fucking table for your next dinner party. Yeah, I mean, think of it as us bringing basic bitch topics into the intellectual sphere. So grab yourself a glass of wine, or White Claw, or whatever hard seltzer, alcoholic drink of preference, (laughs) and join us for this week's episode. Um, goddamn. Goddamn. Holy shit. Can you believe it's almost been a goddamn year since we started this podcast? I realized that earlier today and I was like, holy shit. I feel like, how is it a year? But also at the same time, I'm like, how is it not 10? Right? Like, I think it was around this time last year that we were in Joshua Tree. Maybe a little bit earlier. It was June. Oh, really? Oh, that's right. That's right. It took us a couple months before we got it off the ground. Um, Because I remember being like, who the fuck goes to Joshua Tree in June? That's true. We do. Um, We do, But yeah. (laughs) Um, It's kind of wild when you think about it. Like this has been a pretty insane journey. Like one year of growing the podcast, creating content, learning how to fucking edit audio and video, doing I can't say socials. I've done that yet, so <laughs> sorry. Thank you, Maddie. It's, it's okay. You know, I'm, I've been taking this all as like a learning experience. It has been fun. It has also been wild. It's so crazy to kind of see our growth. Like if you listen to our first ever episode, like how shitty the audio quality was versus I was now. so drunk. Not even the audio quality, my, like the the my speaking quality. Like I, I just remember I was so drunk. I think I had like a bottle and a half of wine that day because yeah. I was just like shitting myself. We were also, you know, I'm the vanilla prude, and we were talking about like like sex. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, what if my mom hears this? Oh my God, what if my grandma hears this? She did she remember did. that happened. Our worst fears uh, have already happened, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was just like, yeah. Well, please, like sometimes when I when I tell people the podcast, I'm like, you maybe want to skip over the first couple of episodes because oh, I was wow. real fucking weird. Like I'm awkward and I was real fucking awkward in the first episode. But so. you know what though? I think it's like a good um, like audio medium showcasing our growth and progress on this podcast. Yes. And I think it's actually kind of a beautiful thing to see. So I don't mind people listening to the earlier episodes because it's like, oh, wow, like look at how much they've improved. Like you can't be good at something unless you consistently do it over a period of time, right? Um, And also, you know what? Like I want to thank, I think it's a good time for us to like thank our listeners, our fans, the people who support us, our day ones, but also I think like our like, you know, people who are listening to us now, like if it wasn't for them, I don't know if we would have had like the motivation or the willpower (laughs) to keep this going because it's work. (laughs) It's a lot of work. (laughs) I think it's work and I don't do any of the work. So this is very much like an Alex and Sophia situation. And admittedly, I'm the fucking Sophia here. So um, it's a lot of work. (laughs) Thank you. This is my opportunity to thank you. Um, I'm also going to thank the trolls because it makes for a very interesting, just like pillow talk with Mark where he's like, how do you stay so strong when people like tell you that you're like stupid and you're the reason why women shouldn't 
shouldn't be allowed to vote and shit like that. And I'm just like, I, it actually empowers me to yeah. be even like more rowdy because yeah. I'm just like, I just, I, I love it. I think it's so funny, but no, really, I, I do love you and you've, you've mm-hmm. made this what it is. Um, oh and I mean, God. a year later, yeah, 78 episodes later, 78 Holy motherfuckers. Shit. That's Holy more shit. than one a week. Like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. I'm bad at math. That's, it's about one and a half a week, right? Yeah. This has been our baby. You know what I mean? Like we've done a pretty, pretty good job of nurturing her and you know, it's, it's, it's been a wild ride, I think for season one. Like this is. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Um, hold on. So, okay. Almost a year. Sorry. Really quickly. Almost a year. 78 episodes, a name change and rebrand. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, Oh my God. Like you recorded, you fucking logged in from Egypt yeah, you logged I in. I recorded yeah. a lot of places, but I recorded <laughs> while I was like deathly ill with COVID. Oh, um, my oh my God. Like that all happened this year. Yeah. And we also had okay. like in studio recordings for the first time and got to feel all professional and shit, which was really cool. We also had like our first like guests, perf- like guests on the show. Um, it's been, it's, it's like, I'm actually really proud of us. I think we've, 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 we've made something, you know what I mean? We've created something. Um, and I'm really excited to see where else this takes us. Um, but I think it's, this is a good point at which to inform our listeners that we've had a bomb ass first season, all thanks to you all. Um, but we're going to be taking a, I want to say like a two month slash eight week hiatus. Eight weeks. It sounds better. <laughs> eight weeks, eight weeks, eight week hiatus. Um, but we plan to come back and come back stronger and better with better content. We were actually just strategizing earlier and geeking out um, in our corporate way, talking about we'll do like a little strategy workshop and like then we're going to get like a whiteboard and like talk about what we're going to do. Um, you know, I think it's, it's a good time for us to take a little break, do some reflection mm-hmm. work, figure out like how we want to continue to develop and raise and nurture our little baby um, so that, you know, we can we can be better for you all. And so mm-hmm. um, this will be our last episode before the start of our second season, y'all. Yes. So the plan as of right now is to rejoin the virtual or digital world. Um, what did we say? Around October 15th. Yeah. So just about two months to the day. Um, you know, I'm going to go get some R&R in New York as well as Greece and Turkey. Super, super pumped about that. Um, and I'm also going to finally make a trip up to the Bay Area Thank to God. see Maddie. <laughs> I'm already, I'm ordering the whiteboard to her house. So I'm like, that's it. I'm, I'm locked in. I can't not go. Um, I'm going to face some demons in, in San Francisco because we know how I feel about that fucking city and how cold it is. Um, and yeah, we're, we're, I'm just, I'm super excited to, you know, A, good to see you, but B, um, maybe by next season I'll come back and I won't be such a raging bitch because I won't be, you know, just so... Will people um, still listen to us if you're not a raging bitch though? Mm. No, probably not. Um, <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm, I'm really, really excited. And again, just, you know, thank you. I'd want to thank you for literally being the, um, 
the heart and the mastermind. You're the brain. You're the brain behind all of this. So well, I want to okay, thank now. you for like, you know, taking me on this journey being like, out of everyone you could have started a podcast with, you were like, Mads, I want to start this podcast with you. I was like, are you fucking sure? Are you little drunky poo after a little bottle of wine? I'm going to make sure bottle. I give you in the morning. One. <laughs> just one. Just one. Uh, it was definitely not just one, but no. Okay. Let's, uh, this is not, this is not on brand. We got to stop being emotional and shit. I'm not into it. Uh, but no, really, I That's do love more you. On brand. Guys, we're coming back. We're going to, I will maybe have like slept and taken some time. <laughs> Exactly. That's Maddie important. will also do the same. We're going to whiteboard. Maybe we'll like take a snapshot and like post about it. Um, just so that you all know, it's really happening. Um, yes. We will be continuing to work on the podcast. But again, we want to make sure that we come back stronger than ever and yeah. super pumped. So yeah. So if y'all also have any feedback for us, please reach out to us on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or DM us. Um, we're here for it. Um, you know, we want to hear from you all um, in regards to what you guys would like to see in the next season. Uh, but with that, I think it's time for us to get into our last ever episode of BBQs for season one. Dun, oh my God. Dun, I was like, dun. is she going to say for season one? I was freaking out. I was like, don't say that. That sounds so weird. No, it's um, for season one, our last ever BBQ like, episode. Come on. <laughs> I feel like I just, I, I now know how they felt on the set of like Friends when they were like, and cut like the last episode ever. And I'm like... <gasps> You're like, oh my oh God, God, I the get emotions. It. I get it. I get disturbing. where they cry and shit now. Um, okay. Yeah. So Maddie, do you want to, for the last time for season one, share yeah. with our listeners what the fuck our BBQs are? Yes. So for our listeners, our OGs and new, uh, BBQs are what we call our basic bitch quickies. And it's essentially where we do a lightning round of top headlines from the week, you know, whether it's like quick overviews of up-to-date shows, reality TV. You all know we are a Real Housewives franchise lovers on this show. Um, And just, you know, whether it's TikTok trends like Vabbing, as we did a few weeks ago to the dismay of Alina, um, and everything else. And we basically just give our quick top of mind thoughts. And so, We've pulled quite a few for you all since, you know, it is our last episode of the first season. Um, And I think we're ready to get into it. Alina, are you ready? I am ready. Let's fucking do it. Okay. So the first one is actually pretty sad. Um, And it is around Anne Hesh and her brain injury and how she's most likely not going to survive. She's officially brain dead. Um, I don't know if they've pulled the, um, I was going to say pulled the trigger, but that's pretty grim. Uh, Pulled the plug, which is also pretty grim. Um, She's not expected to survive. uh, But also, I think it's really interesting that people aren't talking about the accident itself. And for context for our listeners, Anne Mm -hmm. Hesh you know, well-known actress, uh, for those who don't know, uh, her role that I loved the most was when she was, uh, that doctor in Volcano with Tommy Lee Jones. Um, she dated Ellen DeGeneres and I think that's kind of Mm -hmm. where she became mainly popular in pop culture. Um, essentially she drove her Mini Cooper into a house in Los Angeles, uh, destroying the home. Luckily the person who owned said home was safe, made it out alive, but Basically, the home is rendered useless. The car went up in flames, and according to the L.A. Uh, police department, Anne Hesh was high on cocaine and potentially mm-hmm. fe- fentanyl. Fent- fe- fentanyl? Fe- fentanyl? Fentanyl. Fentanyl. Oh, my God. Clearly you know me. I know exhausted. my street drugs real well. <laughs> fentanyl. For the prude of the group. Interesting, Alina. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> you know. And so, you know, she's been pretty much in a, on a ventilator and in pretty in much a, a brain, in a coma since the crash. Um, and yeah, we're, we're here now. I don't think that they've pulled the plug though, from what I could see from articles leading up to today. They were doing it today. They made the decision. So yeah. So I believe that it came out about three days ago that she was in fact, um, her brain injuries were so severe that she was unexpected to survive. Yeah. And so they were following out on her, I guess, wishes to donate her organs and Which, so today, can you, can you though, considering that she was like high on those drugs? Yes. So they spent the last couple of days identifying um, recipients for her organs. And so that's why they mm-hmm. kept her on life support. But they, I don't know if they've done it, but I know that today they were going to be taking her off life support and then harvesting her organs um, for, for donation. Um, so, no, to, so to your point, I... I don't know that much about Anne Hash. I feel like the one movie that I've seen her in was with Ashton Kutcher. It's called Spread. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I feel like you would like it. I have It's, okay, you have not. So it's basically about this, you know, I guess she was like middle-aged at the time, this middle-aged woman who I think she was like a lawyer. She's very successful, living in LA, in the hills, in this beautiful house. She picks up this younger guy, Ashton Kutcher, and he's like a model and he's very clearly like homeless and kind of mooching off of her. And he basically <laughs> makes himself at home, like doesn't leave. So um, it's it's just about like that dynamic, I guess, where it's like a sugar mama and like, does she know that he's like fucking his girlfriend in her in her bed while she's not home? Anyway, good movie. Um, but besides, so I don't really have that much like allegiance or opinions about Anne Hesh in general. Yeah. But the well, thing I also kind of she's like out of our generation. You know what I mean? Like a little I feel bit, like yeah. our moms would would know Anne Hesh more so than we would. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't I don't know. But the the thing that to your point that kind of surprised me is I mean it's obviously tragic, right? That's very yeah. sad that she um did not survive. But the thing that kind of shocked me is again it was all about I don't know I I feel like we kind of glossed over yeah. why she was it's in a coma. Like, yeah, like, hello, like, I thought that was the insane part because it's like, unless you do some digging, right? Like, it's not the first thing that you read in the articles. No. It's really about, like, her being in a coma, not like, oh, she was high on cocaine and fentanyl and, you know, she crashed into someone's fucking house and they can't live in that house and they have a GoFundMe page now because, like, they need to figure out what they're going to do for their living situation. Like, well, they're going to have a homeowner's insurance policy that's going to like come in and her estate will probably pay them out. They'll be okay. Hopefully. So the GoFundMe, yeah. you know, I have a lot of feelings about GoFundMes in general, but um, that's yes. obviously terrible and I feel for them, And but thank God they made it out alive, right? But the yeah. thing um, I've noticed is that a lot of the articles are focusing very heavily on like her humanitarian work that she was like, you know, always standing up for, you and know, gay great. rights or whatever it is. And but yeah, I was great. shocked that they... To your point, I feel like I saw one mention of it when it first came out that it, you know she yeah. was under the influence, heavily under the influence. And then after that, it was like nowhere to be found. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I also saw that she crashed into, I think it was like six other cars. And then like that was the final crash was hitting into the house. So this was not just like, oh, let, you know, she lost control yeah. of the vehicle or whatever it was. Like she was on one and it's... 
You know what's wild? It's just shocking. Like, I think of like other celebrities who've died due to like tragedies and they've gone way before their time. Like, the first thing that pops up to mind is like Paul Walker, right? Like, how he died in a car crash and like how that was really heartbreaking because he was in his youth. You know, he was an up and coming actor, really successful Mm -hmm. so far through the Fast and Furious franchise, but was also starting to branch out. Um, And, you know, he left behind his daughter who was really young and, you know, it was really, really heartbreaking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he was slightly in the wrong cause he was like speeding, right? He was like drag racing. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was drag racing, but I do Something know that like he that. was speeding with his, okay. with the car that he was driving. Um, I think, you know, this could be the case with a lot of celebrity deaths, but maybe not so much, but I find it so fascinating that in this case in particular, we're completely glossing over the fact that like, sh- she was at fault. I mean, Yeah. Like, I'm going to say something real fucked up. Like, is it really a tragedy if she was the one who, you know, was at fault? I mean, I think it's still a tragedy. Oh, Jesus. Usually I'm the bitch. Yeah, I know. But like, but like, if you think about it, like she was high on cocaine, high on fentanyl, like created so much damage. I mean, of course I don't want anyone to like come out of a situation brain dead. Like, that's not what I want. But at the same time, like, it's really wild to me that we're completely glossing over. Like, I don't want all of the good things in her life to like be diminished by this. But at the same time, like we have to be realistic here and actually talk about what happened. Like, yeah, yeah. no, I, I, (laughs) I, that was my public reaction. Um, Paul, who our uh, listeners will will definitely know because he's been on our show a couple of times. But Paul was one who was like, oh my God, Anne Hash. And I was just like, I said the same thing. I was just like, I mean, it's sad that she is, this before she was officially brain dead, I think. But I was like, I mean, she was the one who killed, her, killed herself effectively. Yeah. Um, but I, I think like, you know, not to divert the conversation. Well, that was probably the most like assholey thing I have said on this show. No, no. I think that's like actually one of the worst things I've ever heard you say, to be honest, but it's not even, I know what you mean. I just, I think maybe if you would have said like, maybe, maybe it is a tragedy, but it's a tragedy with like baggage. Well, here's the thing though. A tragedy is like when it's like unexpected and so sudden. And it's like, in this case, it's like, no, she was high on cocaine and fentanyl. Like, what did you kind of expect would come out of that yeah. scenario. You know what I mean? Well, I think the I, thing that's kind of yeah. crazy is that like nobody's talking about like why was she using like that? Exactly. Was, what was she really on? depressed? What was going on in her life? Like that's I think what surprised me where I'm like, wait, I feel like yeah. we normally like address these kinds of things, right? Like with yeah. with celebrities. So um, I'm sure it will come out at some point. There will likely be a Netflix documentary because let's be real, we're kind of grasping at fucking straws now um, about her life and how she died. But I just think, yeah, like it's kind of weird how we're focusing on everything but what happened. Yeah. And that's just not very common in this world. I feel like everybody wants to see the worst in people. Like I hate to say this, but especially around celebrity culture too, I think it's like always like what went wrong? What was the worst thing? Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe it's just because like she was like a gay icon and you know it doesn't resonate with me because you know on the spectrum I'm heterosexual right but like um I may not on be the as spectrum, familiar oh, Maddie I may not be as familiar with like off. how much oh of my an God. icon on the she is. you can just say you're straight do you be like I'm straight that's okay to say yeah I mean I was just my brain just came came out with that sentence on its uh-huh. own it wasn't like I was trying to avoid spectrum. saying that I'm straight 
Um, okay. Well, we're going to... Don't worry, guys. In season two, there will be none of that bullshit. <laughs> I'm straight. Are you PC happy? Like, I don't, what's the difference between the two? I'm over here, like, I confused. Know, that just that was, like, so... Oh my god! I don't god. know. I don't know. Stop about judging me for how my brain thinks of things. God, <laughs> I was um, just like, <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, okay, so yes, you know, maybe she's not your icon. Yeah, Beyonce so maybe like is. I just don't understand her culture, like her cultural impact, relevance. Right? Yeah, exactly. Her like cultural impact and relevance. Maybe. Relevance. Probably that's that's why. But. Um, like how much good she did. Like I had no idea that she dated Ellen DeGeneres until I read about it. And I was like, oh, interesting. I only know her because like I said, one of my favorite movies growing up was Volcano with Tommy Lee Jones and Anne Hesh. So that was it. Yeah. I mean, I, I only know her from that one movie that I mentioned. Spread. I'm not even sure it's her to be honest with you, but that's what I think of when I think of her. So we're going to go with it. Um, yeah. But mean, yeah, no, I... I yeah, mm-hmm. I just think we should just. You know, I'm going to leave it with I, you know, hope that the family finds comfort, um, and you know, gets peace through these times. And knowing that Anne Hesh too, in her death, is actually helping a lot of people who require yes um, organs um, and organ transplants. So um, I think that you that's a that really around. beautiful way. Huh? You brought that. You brought that home real well. I'm really proud I, of you. You're welcome. Thanks. Um, I'm trying. <laughs> okay. All yeah. right. So Maddie Straight and Hash doing a great thing for the world. So okay, what's our next story? So this one is interesting. Um, not like our usual headline that we'd bring up, but I thought it was funny. Uh, so. Uh, as you know, the state of the world as it is has been pretty rough for a lot of people, especially in the corporate world. And there have been so many layoffs going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and this headline is pretty funny. So apparently the CEO is going viral on LinkedIn for posting a selfie while crying after laying people off. And like the reactions <laughs> to this have been wild. Um and I thought we should bring it up because I'm seeing it all over TikTok. I'm seeing it on Twitter. I'm seeing it on Instagram. People are like, why? <laughs> oh, why, sir? <laughs> and for context, uh, this is the CEO. His name is Brandon. I'm going to probably butcher his last name. Wallake? Wyake? Wallake? I don't know. Um, and he basically is CEO of a marketing firm called Hypersocial. Um, and he made this post talking about how sad he was about laying people off. Um, and he's been going back and forth about whether or not to post this. And it's literally a picture of him crying. Um, and a lot of people are pissed off about it. Um, and, I, you know, I'm kind of in the middle because, you know, I like to play devil's advocate a lot of times. But I'd love uh-huh. to hear your thoughts on this. So I think that he also came out and said, it, and I quote, if I can help one other business owner, one other CEO to not feel that they're alone in this journey and they can feel support by seeing somebody else do it, that was the point of the post. I just, I can't. I, what? Like, you know that meme of that guy that's like this? That's how I feel <laughs> <Yeah>. right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I just like, a homeboy had way too many margaritas that night because what? <laughs> like, you think anybody fucking feels bad for the CEOs in any in any layoff situation? In any layoff know. situation. I think that's absolutely out of control. Look, I do I think that a lot of business owners, both large and small, and maybe you're not a business owner, but you're a leader, 
mm-hmm. of an organization. Do I think that they're like being faced with very difficult situation or 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 decisions right now? Absolutely. Do 100%. I envy them? No, I don't envy them. But at the same time, like, do I think that like? Do I think that I would rather work for a company that is going to make a financially sound decision? Yes, as long as I'm employed. No, I'm joking. No, also, it sucks. It, it, it's awful. But can like, I really hate to say this, but like, as a CEO, shouldn't there be like a level of EQ that you should have that you could read the room, aka like the collective vibe of like how folks are feeling, like in the world, in the world, <laughs> like so, what made you think? taking the time to formulate this. And I'm pretty sure, hundred percent sure that this person probably sat there, wrote this, then like decided to like rewrite it, like created a multiple versions, right? Saved the multiple versions. Um, and then decided to take this photo while he was in tears. I wonder if it was some Vaseline. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> and then proceeded to take the time to post it. Like you sat there thinking, okay, I'm going to say it like this because this is how people are going to interpret it. Like as a CEO, I would hope with some level of EQ. Was there no little voice in your head that said, shut the fuck up and just keep on chugging along? I'm inclined to think that this guy was definitely like drunk or something like that because he said that he did it at like three o'clock in the morning, number one. And number two, he's also the CEO of a marketing company. It's literally his job to like understand public perception and I know it's not PR, but like same, same, right? Um, or there is like an element of like, he should understand everything that you're saying right now. EQ, he should understand like, how would this be received in today's climate and all these things? So yeah, no, he's like a fucking moron. And I bet you that he's going to, I bet you that he's going to end up in a much worse situation. Cause I would wonder if a lot of his clients, it sounds like he's like an agency. I wonder yeah. if a lot of those clients are going to drop him. Yeah, I mean, because like it's it's very tone deaf. You know what I mean? Like I understand the sentiment that he was trying to 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 achieve, but yeah, he did it in an awful fucking way. And I think, yeah, this one would have been better if you just <laughs> shut the fuck up and didn't say anything at all. Yeah. Um, I think what's really interesting is like people's tweets in response to this that like cracked me up. And the one that really got me was my question is how many crying selfie pics did that CEO take before he picked one to post? <laughs> How many do you think he did? Like, let's let's make this a little bet. (laughs) I mean, it was definitely like at least twenty five. I also have a real problem with people who post pictures and videos of themselves crying on the internet. I just like. I mean, I think also because you and I are uncomfortable with emotion in that capacity. (laughs) No, I also just think that like you are literally a. Um, I just think that you're probably a very sad person that like the only way that you can find solace maybe in whatever the situation or comfort is like maybe getting support from random people on the internet. No, I just think that it's like a self-serving come and pity me moment. And I I just hate that. Well, once I'm going to play devil's advocate, I think that there are ways in which people, especially people who may be like feeling really mentally unwell, that it's a way of like asking for help. Um, I mean, I'm yeah, sure I that like- there, there are alternative ways in which to ask for help. I know that. Um, is it like my way? Does it make me uncomfortable? A hundred percent. It makes me uncomfortable. To, but, videos, um, self, to video yourself fucking crying and then be like, oh, let me press post now. Sorry. Sorry. Not You're not actually thing. sad. 
Go. Well, maybe they want to share their experience with the world. In this case, though, I have no sympathy for this asshole. I'm, I'm going to just yeah. say it. Okay. All right. Before I get canceled, let's move on. Before you get canceled. Anyway, Brandon, so, bad uh, move, Brandon. Bad, bad move, You bro. are not going to be our first call for PR when we're... <laughs> When we're ready no. for it. Fuck no. Um, okay, next one. It, this is a pretty big one. Um, yes. Everyone knows on the podcast that we're very big Britney Spears fans. We, you know, love seeing our girl thriving, living her best life, you know, getting married, getting her freedom. Um, apparently, though, this week, uh, Britney Spears and Kevin Federline have had a full-on, very, very, very public feud related to her children. Um and Alina, I think you probably have a better grasp of the timeline of things, so I'll let you go. Yeah. So um, basically, I think Kevin Federline, he, so everyone knows that um, Brittany's son decided not to attend her wedding to Sam Asghari. Was that like yeah. two months ago now? Um, so, yeah. They opted and also, not to. Context, mm-hmm. Kevin Federline is Britney Spears' ex, just for those who may not know. Sorry. In case somebody doesn't know, I don't know. I just want to provide context. <laughs> Okay, fine. Um, so yeah, so basically her sons were not in attendance for her wedding. And I, I think like in general, she just there hasn't been any interaction between them to the public's knowledge, right? So um Kevin came out and said that Brittany and the boys are like not speaking at the moment and that they've chosen to not spend time with their mother. It was their decision not to attend the wedding. And then I think Brittany came back. I don't remember what exactly she said. Um, but I know that Sam also like came to her defense on his Instagram and was like, Hey, like, Oh, keep, keep my wife's name out your mouth. Right. So mm-hmm. he decided that he was going to take a page out of Will Smith's book, um, <laughs> literally. And so now there's a feud going back and forth between Kevin, Brittany, and then of course, Sam. Yeah. So Kevin's response of course was to publicly post a couple of videos of her kids when they were, I think he said 11 and 12 years old and they were arguing with Britney Spears and it obviously doesn't paint her in the best light. Um, He posted saying that he made this decision with the boys as a family to release this so that the kids were not kind of painted in a light that isn't true or whatever. Um, So there's just like, there's a lot of kind of nastiness going back and forth. Britney's uh, lawyers have gotten involved and they are just kind of defending the fact like this is her privacy. You know, she's obviously saying I was under the conservatorship at that point. Like, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of, he said, she said, I, I wonder, hmm. you know, she doesn't deny that the kids decided not to come to her wedding. She doesn't deny that, you know, every yeah. uh, Kevin Federline has, I believe, um, full custody of the kids at this point. Yeah. I think the conservatorship the for sure, like, ruined the relationship she has with her kids, like, 100%. I mean, of course. And, you know, there's a part of me that feels... I, I feel like Kevin just out of pocket, once again, for deciding to pick this feud and make it so fucking public. Um considering that she's now kind of found some semblance of happiness and she's, you know, getting right. She's come out with an album. Um, there's That's like in the works, which I was really excited to hear about. Um, but at the same time, like I also feel like the boys should be able to tell their story too. Like I'm sure it wasn't easy on them either. And they probably had like trauma and there's probably going to be a lot of dirt that comes out 
about Britney mm-hmm. once they become of age and they're probably going to want to monetize off of it. Like, let's just be real considering like what Hollywood is like and what the precedent has been in the past. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just, I feel bad for Britney because it feels like ever since she's gotten free, it's been like one thing after another, after another, like, it's like her father's still coming at her, like her, her ex like decided to crash her wedding day of her kids didn't come. Now it's like her ex and her like going at it and her dad still won't leave her alone. And it feels like all of these elements that, um, it's just like a storm that just keeps constantly pummeling her. Yeah. I, 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 I feel like she's still not necessarily in control of her life. There's a conspiracy that she doesn't even know. She has an Instagram account that all of those photos of her, like the nude photos were posted by, I believe it's her um, her assistant and Sam. And I kind of feel like there might be some validity to all of this. Um, yeah, it's just like, it's so weird. I know that Kevin has said that part of the reason why the boys didn't attend the wedding is because they're embarrassed. And Brittany has come out and said, like the boys, when they come over to my house, you know, they don't even spend time with me. They walk in the door, they say hello, and then they go to their rooms and then that's it. And she's like, look, teenagers are weird. And, you know, I think that her kids have also grown up in the public eye. There's been so much scrutiny about them. Their mom drove with one of them on her lap. The paparazzi almost killed her, like all the above. Like these kids are probably so fucking traumatized. And I pray to God that they're in a lot of therapy. But I I also, having had, you know, uh, a 19-year-old living under my roof for a couple of months myself, like from what I can tell, the teenage years are really fucking weird. They're weird. Obviously, it wasn't my son, so there's a different relationship there. But like I I feel like I feel that and I understand, whereas like a couple of months ago, I may not have understood that um, as much as I I think I do now. So It's also like a new guy in their life too. Like I feel like any child that like, you know, is in the midst of like divorced parents, right? Yeah. When like their mom goes and marries someone new, there's probably tension around (laughs) that as well, right? Like, Oh, I know nothing about that at all. (laughs) At all. And you have no experience with that whatsoever. Um, Except you do. It's okay. Admit it on the podcast. Like this, this podcast (laughs) has been a form of therapy for us both in a lot of ways. Um, So I think that there's definitely a piece, like an element of that here. But like to your point, these kids are probably so traumatized and probably want to create some distance. But also if you want to create some distance and don't want to continue to traumatize yourself, why are you saying that it's okay for your dad to like release these videos too? But did they? Do you actually think that they did? No, I don't think they did. I don't think so. Kevin, why are you, why are you getting, why are you getting nasty? Why? What do you, I think Kevin, you have up and coming. I wonder like what he has up and coming in the pipeline that he feels like he needs to stir up this like PR around him. I wonder if his like alimony payments are in jeopardy or something like that. Ah, that's a good one. Right. Because I like that. Because Brittany, well, I'm assuming not if he has full custody of the kids because then of course Brittany does have to pay him for that. But yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it doesn't really make sense, Mm. but because he's been pretty quiet, right? He's like, Hey, I get my fucking payout. I get my alimony, get my child support. We're good. Uh, But now suddenly he's like coming out, you know, well, swinging his fist. Kind of interesting that you bring up this conspiracy theory because I hadn't heard it yet, but it kind of like would make sense. Like she goes from one power structure to like another one where it's like Mm -hmm. you're in a marriage. And if you think of like traditional roles or it's like the woman is, you know, under the control of the man of the house. Right. Um, (laughs) So kind of interesting. Like I wonder if 
that's probably the reason why there's like this level of tension, right? Where the kids may be not happy, may not be happy with seeing some sort of like weird power dynamics between Sam and, and, and Brittany could be that too. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I, I, at the end I of the day, that, yeah, sorry, continue. No, no, I was going to say, I would imagine that at some point the boys are going to, you know, turn 18, they're 15 and 16 now, which is crazy. That makes me feel very old, but they're 15 and 16. At some point, they're definitely going to come out and I'm sure that they will have their say. They're going to have their moment where they can share their, you know, their truth, if you will. But yeah, for sure. I don't know what it is. I think at the end of the day though, like as much as I hate all of this pummeling, like kind of here a little bit for the messiness. Um, what else would we I think talk we all about are podcast. at the end of the day, um, <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, but on to, I think our next topic, um, I feel like I'm so surprised. This is like the only Kardashian family update that we have for the week. I, just because I feel like a lot of the stuff that's been going on has been just so petty around them that like, yeah, I like, I'm just going to go with like the biggest thing. And uh, what's been interesting is it's been released. Uh, that uh, Chloe apparently is going to have sole uh, legal and physical c- custody of uh, their new baby son in uh, whatever they've arranged uh, with her ex, Tristan Thompson. Yes. So when I saw this, I was just a little bit, I was, I mean, I, I understand. Yeah. I'm a little bit confused. I'm, sh- I guess I'm like, I'm not shocked, but also at the same time, like part of the reason why she chose to have another child with Tristan as opposed to his sperm donor was a, because of course, you know, she wanted her children to be biologically related. But on top of that, because she said, you know, Tristan is a great father. You know, he may not be a good boyfriend, but he's a great father to, to true, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, I, 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 my, I wonder, obviously she paid him off, right? It was, Hey, Tristan, you can be done with this. You can go live your life and do what you need to do. You don't have to be in the public eye as much. I'm, I don't think assuming- he needs to be paid off. I think you're giving too much credit to Tristan. I don't think he needs to be paid off. She probably gave him an out like, yo, I'm going to take like sole custody of this kid that cool with you. He's like, yep, one less mouth I got to worry about. Like that was probably what he Maybe. did. I mean, look Maybe. at how he treated his first kid with the, with the woman that he was with before Chloe. And then look at how he's uh, dealing with, um, what's her name? The, the new baby mama. Marily. Marily Nichols. Like, come on. Yeah, You're giving too like, much credit to this guy. Like, let's be real. Yeah. He probably was like, oh, thank God for the out. He doesn't give but, a fuck. But Maddie, but Maddie, Marily, and the first baby mom, we don't even know her fucking name. They don't keep his name in the papers. They don't get him interviews. They don't get him publicity the way that she does. But I think he's gotten enough publicity as is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think yeah, that there's anything but, else that can be added to this. Yeah, but I like also he feel got like what he wanted. So, but people are so fucking money hungry. I my my second question is: Is he going to continue to be in the life of True? I don't that's know how you remove that. That's weird. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I don't why know how you, you like why. That's so strange. The thing that's weird about it, right? Because I I would imagine, and I kind of hope that she doesn't now remove her father from her life, just because you know she's older. She's old enough to to have a good relationship with him. Um, and, you know, we've seen them. We've seen them and it looks like he's a good dad and he loves her. But the thing yeah. that's crazy to me is like, what are you, when the kid asks, who's my dad? And then you say it's Tristan. And then he finds out that his sister has a relationship with Tristan. I mean, I, I guess that theoretically, I think theoretically, um, you know, Chloe can grant him visitation rights, but it's, he can't say, you know, he doesn't get 50% or whatever it is. Like, 
But I still yeah. just, how do you not have the same arrangement for both children that were fathered by the same guy? That's what doesn't make sense to me. And so that's why I'm wondering if like maybe there was some kind of like, th- well, this is a was deal. The sp- he was the sperm donor for the second one while like the first one, it was like an active relationship. But I do agree with you. It is kind of fucking weird. <sighs> like, could you imagine literally true is going for the weekend to see her dad and their second child is just going to be chilling with Chloe. It, ex- exactly. Right. That's the thing that I don't Yikes. understand because it's like, like, like these kids are going to grow up fucked up. Right. Anyway, just due to the nature yeah. of everything. Um, yeah. I mean, then there's also just the fact that like these kids are just spoiled entitled brats, if you ask me. Um, and like, good for them, right. Good for you to be able to give your children this, this life, but also like, yeah, you good luck with that when they're fucking 15. Good luck with Stormy yeah. when she's 15 you're planning her sweet 16. Um, but I, I feel like that is just going to, I mean, so if you say, oh, it was a sperm donor, you know, mommy had you via surrogate. It was a sperm donor. And then the kid's like, okay, I'm going to do research. I'm going to do a 23andMe test, whatever it is. I mean, he doesn't even need to do it because it's like all public information on Google. Well, yeah, that too. Exactly. He just Google himself. But you know what I'm saying, yeah. right? Like, let's just say the kid's like, cool. Well, then I'm going to either Google myself or I'm going to like... How do you have? Probably gonna like yell at him, be like, "Oh, your daddy doesn't love you." You know what I mean? Like some shit. Like, like, let's be real. Kids are fucking mean. Yeah, but how do you do that? Right? How do you? How do you? So I don't know. I'm inclined to think that she must have full custody of True as well. Doesn't make sense otherwise. I don't know. Actually, what are the legal? um, The the legal the legal structure in that for True? Oh, that could mean a whole plethora of things. Oh, that's interesting. I think we should like go back, research this and see. I want to know now. Oh my God. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Does Chloe have full custody of True? I don't think she does. Oh my God. She does have full custody of their baby daughter. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, well, then my entire argument went shit. Wait a minute. So this article came out in 2018. Okay. Uh, my God, 2018 times were so simple. The biggest concern we had was that Chloe was being cheated on in labor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. my God. So Great. Ever gearing up for a major casting of who wants to guess there's one thing Chloe's going to she already got sole custody of their baby daughter, True Thompson. Oh, okay, fine. Then this makes sense. Uh, I still oh, think that's that it's... because... Hold on, hold on. There's a technicality here. Um, and that's because they she gave birth to True, as you know, in Ohio, in Cleveland. Um, and according to Ohio's child custody laws, she has currently sole legal and residential custody of her daughter upon birth because, according to Ohio law, if the parents are unmarried when the child is born, the mother has sole custody. I wonder if she did that and gave birth in Ohio for that reason. I wonder. So Tristan, so I don't know what's going on beyond that or like what has happened beyond that. But uh, according to the article, Tristan must file with the court to establish mm-hmm. paternity, custody, shape, parenting, and or visitation rights, which would also make him an equal legal guardian. It's unclear if he ever filed to be a legal guardian to obtain equal rights. So he probably never filed it. Let's be real. No. I mean, good for her. Well. Okay. Well. 
Then it makes sense. You heard it here first, y'all. Chloe already has full custody of True. So, so it just makes sense. Okay. At the end of the day, it makes sense. Okay, fine, fine. Um, I feel better okay. about that for the kids, but now I'm like, shit, I just spent 35 minutes fucking going off on something that didn't make sense, but okay. Um, what's next? Okay. So next one, um, I know you're a big Stranger Things fan, correct? Mm-hmm. Don't tell anyone. Um, don't, <laughs> except we just told everyone on the podcast, but yeah, totally. I won't tell anyone. Shh, everyone don't, don't say anyone. anything. Um, so, uh, Millie Bobby Brown has apparently come out and said that she's healing after she was publicly humiliated by a TikTok creator. And for those who don't know, Millie Bobby Brown plays the famous character Eleven on Stranger Things. Um, and according to the story, which I thought was interesting because I had no idea that she had been dating this person, uh, she was in an unhealthy situation with this guy named, what was his name? Ekmovic? I think it was Hunter Ekmovic. He's a TikTok personality. They were dating back in 2020. They ended up like cutting ties in January of 2021. Um, and apparently he had said in the summer of 2021 after they broke up, uh, basically claiming that they had a sexual relationship when she was a minor and that he groomed her, which I was like, whoa. Also, why do you feel comfortable with the internet that you could just like say that without any repercussions? That's interesting. Um, and so Millie Bobby Brown. What do you mean repercussions of, for him? Yeah, repercussions for him. Groomer. Okay. Like to say that you groomed someone and that you had sex with a minor, like, dude, what? Um, and so apparently it was due to that incident that she like basically removed all of her social media. Um, and I guess her Twitter and Instagram are run by her team, not run by her. She has no social media access. The only thing that she has is her blog and people can't comment on it. And that was because she decided to focus, like she said, on her own healing and remove herself from social media, which I can understand because people are cruel and mean, um, and fuck this hunter guy for (laughs) making her feel that way. But also like, once again, I just don't understand what the logic was there. Like you really thought you were smart by saying that you groomed a minor. Get the fuck out of here, you piece of shit. So anyway, I digress. <laughs> I I don't know who the fuck this guy is, and this is one of the reasons why I hate TikTok. But because I feel like it empowers people. I don't know if it's like just, you know, the fact that I was already a little bit suspect of TikTok and then like I've seen just how mean people can be. And then on top of it, we, you know, we did an episode on the most hated man on the internet. And I feel like he kind of created this entire culture where it was suddenly okay to troll people and to be an absolute piece of shit to someone else and like to exploit people's emotions and feelings and all these things. So I don't know. I just feel like my tolerance for this is, it was already pretty low and it's like real low now. But, um, This whole thing, like, I, I mean, he's just stupid. He's just so dumb. Like, does he not realize that that's illegal? I know. I just like my question is like, why doesn't she just press charges? She can, right? Well, I think the lawyers, her lawyers, did go after him, um, or they mentioned that they did in order to get him to stop this kind of behavior. Um, probably a cease and desist is what they did. And uh, I believe Got he stopped it. talking about it. But still, like, I don't know why I people s- think that they, like, people have gotten way too comfortable with the internet where they feel like that they can say some, like, off-pocket yeah. shit like that. 
But I feel like there is a culture around like TikTokers that they fucking can and do. They say these stupid things. For they clout. behave in a way. Yeah, exactly. But they behave in a way that there's just like, oh, hi, I live in a world where there's no consequences at all. And I think that it's yeah. like up to other people to hold them accountable and not in a way that just cancel culture. Like you actually have to hold people accountable for this shit. It, I don't know. It, it, it's just very strange to me. Um, I, I feel like... Yeah, it's just so ridiculous to me that this is a thing. And I, I feel like my brain can't yeah. even process it. But um, I, I mean, I'm glad that she feels like she's healed. I feel like they're, you know, unfortunately part of being in that business, you know, because I'm just so familiar. But yeah. I, I do feel, and I know we've talked about this a lot with like Kim Kardashian and, you know, stuff like that. Like at the, there is a level of, and it's awful because Millie Bobby Brown is young. I think she's like 18 now. So assuming, yeah. you know, that this was when she She's literally wasn't. a child star. You know what I mean? So like, I think yeah. that's what makes this weirder is because there's also been a lot of rumors and shit spread about her over the years in regards to grooming. Because as you know, there was a relationship that she had with Drake, very friendly relationship, but people kind of took that and made it nasty um, and there's always been something about her in the media where she's been like sexualized in that way. So I just, yeah. I feel for the girl, but I'm also happy that she was just like, I can't do this. And like, literally was like, my team have access to my accounts. I'm not fucking dealing mm-hmm. with this shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, it's obviously really sad. One thing though, I do want to say, and it was a little bit off topic, but Millie Bobby Brown is British. I know, is it not weird. the weirdest thing you've ever fucking heard? I know. I know. Every time she opens her mouth in an interview, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. You're fucking British. Forgot about that. Yeah. She, um, she's also beautiful, but it's, but I, at the same time, I'm not saying this is right. I'm not saying it's wrong because you know me, I'm pretty neutral. But also I feel like, you know, when you're 14 years old and you're going to premieres and you are, I feel like to a degree, when you wear a full fucking face of makeup with contouring and you know you're wearing these couture gowns and stuff like that like i again i'm not saying that she shouldn't have the right to do that but i also think that like knowing that you're already in in the public eye knowing that people are the mm. way they are you know just maybe like think about that before you before you put yourself like Look, oh. something I've learned in therapy, shout out to Debbie, had to do it Debbie, is you can a girl you, you <laughs> cannot change other people, right? You can't change other people. You can't change other people's actions. And I'm not saying that that was her her reaction here, but like, what can you do in order to oh. like kind of mitigate some of that, right? Girl, girl, when we're famous, like, and I mean like on and pop and famous, literally everyone in my inner circle is signing an NDA. Like there's no way in hell. No, because I mean like, girl, like you have to protect yourself. And I just think about these celebrities. You know, a lot of celebrities who do end up like hooking up with people, they have them sign NDAs. Yeah. Like it's very much a thing. Which is so sad. And so but like, that, that they have to do that, not that they do it, that it's that they have exactly. to. Exactly. So I'm just but, thinking like it's a way to protect yourself. She should, I mean, I hate to say it, but like, yeah, get an NDA. You have to protect yourself by all costs. No, I'm not even talking about NDA. I'm just saying like, hey, like maybe like look like a 14 year old girl. Maybe like. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, no, what I mean is like, what? if you're going to like, if, look, 
I think that it's like a really dangerous thing for a lot of these like young child stars to, again, to be like put in these situations where they're sexualized and even have the potential to be groomed and all the above. So it's like, hey, like maybe act your age a little bit and not just her. This is in general, right? This is like- I mean, but it doesn't matter if like, if there's someone who likes girls who are underage, like that's actually going to cater more to their style if she acts her age or like is dressing as her age. I get it. I'm not necessarily talking about this in particular. I'm saying when you sit here and you talk about being sexualized as a as a child. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not I'm not victim shaming for all you fuckers that are sitting here and are like, oh, she's victim shaming. No, that's not what's happening. What I'm saying is that as somebody who has a lot of expectations of people and I'm, I'm often disappointed, I have learned that like, what do you do? How do you control it? You fucking do what you need to do for yourself. Yeah, 100%. Should should exactly. you be able to wear makeup and all these things? Absolutely. But you have to understand what's but on the other side of that just, if you choose to do that. But I also don't know what she could have done. Because you know what I mean? Because like, you know, you In mentioned victim case, shaming, but it's like kind of crazy because no matter what she would have done, there would have been some kind of backlash or some kind of shit coming out about her. You know what I mean? Like, I also yeah. feel like it's a, it's a... Like there's no way to win. It's like a lose-lose situation no matter what. And so even no. in my head, I'm like, what could she have done? You know, like it's it seems... Again, it's I'm saying tough. maybe like act a little bit more like a kid. And that's fine to fucking act like a kid. Like if you look at photos of this girl, she looks like she's 25. And then the pedophiles come out. Oh my God. But I'm <laughs> seriously. But you know, look, like, come on. We you, live in you a know fucked what I'm up saying. world, Alina. Of course. <laughs> Anyway, whatever. I think we need to move on because, again, I'm really, really... There might not be a season two after this episode <laughs> because, because I'm going to end up getting canceled. So we have one more one more story. Thanks for bearing with us. Yeah, I know it's been a lot, but... It has been. Maddie, take um, it away. But I feel like this has been good. We've... we've. Uh, I feel like this has been the most lively one that we've done where we're literally yeah. at each other's throats to a degree. Um, and if you're fucking wondering why we're taking a break... <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying this. to say, Alina? No, we're not at each other's throats. I'm just saying I'm I'm at risk for getting myself canceled because I'm not being very <laughs> intentional about what I'm saying, which is not good. That's, I mean, no, it's it's you're not going to get canceled. That's the thing. Um, you okay. can't. You're not allowed to. Um, okay, so last article. Um, this is an interesting one. The biggest bombshells from Jeanette McCurdy's memoir. I'm glad my mom died. First off, Jen. Jen Jeanette McCurdy is uh, also a child actress who uh, was on iCarly and then I think it was Sam and Cat on Nickelodeon. Um, that's how I know her. Lots of other people know her. Uh, secondly, I absolutely love this fucking title of a book. Like, can you imagine? I'm glad my mom died. Like, God no. damn. Like, if that is, if that tells you anything, like, it screams to me. My mom fucked me up trauma wise. Come and enjoy this book. <laughs> like, like I'm glad my mom died. I'm glad my mom died. Like when I saw that title of that book, I literally screamed. I was, I was like, <gasps> I mean, there are people out there who hate their moms. I get it, hundred percent get it. But like to say to literally list your memoir to like have the title be "I'm glad my mom died." Like I just, I need that to sink in. Like the level vitriol. <laughs> My God damn. Who, who was the editor that was like, great idea. Yes. It's fantastic. We'll be selling so many of these off the shelf. Um, so for context for listeners, uh, this book is Jeanette McCurdy's essentially memoir where she kind of talks about the abuse that she had. Um, her mom had breast cancer. 
Uh, her mom also uh, apparently survived it the first round, uh, but guilted the shit out of her kids in the sense that she would play them home videos of when she was telling them about her cancer. And then she would go in and analyze their behaviors in front of of them as this video is playing. I mean, like, look, Jeanette, like you didn't cry enough or you didn't have a reaction about it. Um, and making them feel awful that they apparently didn't care enough that she had cancer. On top of that, she uh, would shower the children um, up into their teenage years. She also recounted memories of when she had to shower with her 16-year-old brother because her mom needed to clean them. Um, she also recounted how her mom uh, forced herself uh, in moving in with her. She was also the one who forced her to become an actress, forced her to essentially develop an eating disorder, watched what she ate. Um, I mean, honestly, a lot of the snippets that I've seen of this memoir is kind of horrifying. Um, she had a wonderful relationship with Miranda Cosgrove. Apparently she had beef with Ariana Grande when they did Salmon Cat. Um, I just have to say, this is probably one of the more fucked up childhood trauma stories that I've read from celebrity culture. And there are a lot out there, mind you. Um, but I, I thought this was, this was excessive. Yeah, I don't even know where to start with this because there's a lot. Yeah. For, uh, well, I guess I can start with, I don't know who the hell Jeanette McCurdy is. Um, let's just start with that. So again, no allegiance Did you not watch Nickelodeon as a kid? No, of course I did, but... I'm a little older than you. I mean, I think it was because of Ami, because Ami is five and a half, for listeners, Ami's my little brother. He's five and a half years younger than me. So like when he was growing up, I would have to like sit and watch shit with him. So that's probably why I know of her. Got it. Yeah. Because like, I feel like the iCarly, like Nickelodeon for me was like all that and like the Amanda show. Rugrats. Yes, exactly. We were the cartoons. We were not the yes, Drake and Josh or Miranda or Hannah Montana. Like, no, no. Hannah Montana was so. Disney. Thank you very much. See, exactly. There you go. Um, but so I don't know who this girl is. I mean, this sounds pretty, it sounds real bad. It's very, it's, I don't know. It's awful. I don't even know. You don't even know where to start. Her mom apparently would do breast and butt exams on her children up until they left the house to check if they had any lumps or growths. She would shower them. So was she a pedophile or was she like... No, this this is what I mean by like this like story is like borderline like like I, it's I just like borderline because it's like you feel really uncomfortable because like it's it's like borderline sexual assault, right? Um, but at the same yeah, time, that, it's that's... like was her mother just like overly excessively scared because of her own breast cancer? But also, why would you be checking their butts too? Like when I tell you, I just I could understand why she titled the book "I'm Glad My Mom Died" as I was reading these bullet points. It was horrifying. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. How, I, I like really just don't know what to say. I don't like it. I know. And I feel I, awful for her. And again, you know, it sounds like she's on her way to dealing with it and hopefully, yeah. you know, getting through. It, I, 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 what do you say? I don't know. There is another interesting aspect of this for Janet McCurdy is that she, um, in the book, details how there was this guy called the creator who was like, I guess, some producer, some big shot behind scenes. Um, and this person, Uh, I guess had like done some inappropriate stuff, had tried to force her to drink, um, and at some point told her 
uh, or like Nickelodeon as a whole, because he got into trouble and he had to basically be closed off from being on set, um, which makes fucking sense considering what she detailed in the memoir. But um, she said that apparently Nickelodeon, as like a thank you, offered her $300,000, which really was a payoff for her to keep quiet. Oh, it's hush money. Oh, 100% hush money. Yeah, that's hush money. Um, but it just got me thinking, and I think we should probably do an episode about this in season two around really child actors and like sort of the bullshit Ooh. that they had to deal with. Because in all honesty, like this isn't the first that we're hearing of a child actor who's gone through some pretty horrifying things on set. No. Like you had Drew Barrymore, you had um Hannah Montana, definitely. Uh, not Hannah Montana, what's her name? Uh my God, why am I Miley Cyrus? Miley Cyrus. Um, you have so many celebrities who've come out and talked about the like abuse and like mishandling of them on set and all yeah. the crazy shit they've had to deal with. So I'd love to dig into actual like like stories and then talking about how it probably affected their development. I love it. Should we write this down? Yeah. Put Do it on your a- whiteboard. You got your little I'm trying. whiteboard. I know I'm trying. I'm trying to find my whiteboard marker. Hold on. <laughs> write it. Oh my God. Well, while Alina does that, um, I, you know, I'm actually really excited to get my hands on this book and to read the full thing. I've only read snippets and I think it's fascinating. Um, you know, I wish her the best. I think this is like an awesome way to take your traumas and find a way to monetize it. Cause I mean, fuck, if you could like write a book about like how fucked up your trauma was and get cash, cash money out of it, why not? Hashtag here for it, honestly. Maybe it was healing. Oh, 100%. It was probably therapeutic for sure. Um, But yeah, I think that's the, I mean, I want to end on a more positive note about her story. Because I mean, if you think about it, like her mom, her mom died. Um, She has healed. She has found the ability to like share her story. Um, And I think that that's like a really beautiful thing. And I hope that, you know, she finds success with this memoir and that, you know, her career continues to grow and develop. Um, and I think that's our last story for BBQs this week, y'all. You know us, just always keeping it nice and light here on <laughs> The Basic in the Brain. Um, but no, really, thank you all so much. This has been quite a ride. A year yes, later, we are so excited to come back. I just, look, for those of you... Oh, hold on. I have to break things. Oh, I was touching my laptop and then... It's right there. On the whiteboard. On the whiteboard. It's official. We will uh, get working on that ASAP. But again, um, thank you all so much for your support. And if there's anything you want to hear about, if there are any topics that you think would be great for us to cover, please, please, you have all of our socials, let us know. And um, yeah, I think with that, we will bid you all adieu. Yeah. We'll see you all in eight weeks. Bye. So there you have it. Thank you so much for joining us again on The Basic in the Brain. Be sure to join us next week for our next spin on intellectualizing our basic bitch interests. Be sure to join us and don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tweet us at Basic and Brain and follow us at The Basic in the Brain on Instagram. Give us feedback. Tell us what you love, what you don't love. Tell us what topics you'd like for us to cover. And we'll talk to you all later. 